this is Jeff Combs. You're listening to Nightmare Junket. Get a job at a sideshow. of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast a horror podcast that celebrates the entire catalog of low shoulder my name is greg d i'm genius mcgee and on today's episode school is back in session and we're summoning up some satanic shenanigans as we talk karen kusama's 2009 cult classic jennifer's body and whether or not you've been part of a demonic ritual you can listen into our show Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played, hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, we'll download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your who's a cool dude or who's a ho-hole. <laughs> Getting down with the uh, kids there, genius. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, if you want to get down with us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And of course, it is on that book of face where we have an events tab, which leads to shenanigans and demonic shenanigans. <laughs> and as this episode is releasing on Friday, August 20th, Genius, all someone has to do is go to screenland.com and they've got your shenanigans taken care of indoors, outdoors, and virtually. Yes. And oh boy, our latest Friday Night Fright. It is technically. Not horror adjacent, nor is it necessarily horror. But we get to program what we like, and darn it, we love films that are celebrating anniversaries. Uh huh. This one comes from the class of 81 Genius. Ooh. We didn't talk about it at all on Into the Mouth of March Madness. No honorable mention at all, because again, it's not, it's not horror. But the director. I mean, it's a mad killer, so it could be if we stretch. It's De Palma. But, but De Palma's the director. I mean, any guy that's brought us beef. <laughs> Absolutely. Any guy that's brought us Carrie. Any guy that brought us sisters. We are, he is all good in our book. Absolutely. And celebrating its 40th year. It's so weird. <laughs> hey. I, I recently watched this uh, a few years ago. It was when um, Lola was still here with us. And... At, in the evening times, I always like to, if I can, watching a film with the projector up on the big screen. Uh-huh. But Lola, in her later years, she didn't navigate the stairs well, and I like to spend time with her. So inevitably, we'd just go upstairs, and she'd sleep on the bed, and I'd watch something on my laptop. That's where I watched Blowout for the first time. And throughout the entirety of watching, I'm like, I really need to see this in a theater. Yeah. And I'm so excited that this Friday, we are going to experience Blowout. Well, exactly. Your first time? Not only do you get to see some old favorites at Friday Night Frights, but another good thing about it is some ones that, like, "Eh, I've seen that. Ones that I get to knock off the checklist. Or ones that, like, other people get to knock off the checklist. What's cool is, when speaking of De Palma, uh, Phantom of the Paradise was my first time watch, and you were so excited for me to watch it. Because I'm like, you're going to fucking love it. This is your first time watch with a De Palma film, and I'm really excited for you to watch it. Uh, we're going to be seeing this in Theater One. Ooh. Yes. Ooh. Yes. Speaking of Phantom of the Paradise, and I don't know if I can ever actually wear these around you or anyone I'm even familiar with at all, but I ordered these Phantom of the Paradise, like, um, I can't even call them basketball shorts. They're short shorts, basically. Um, specifically made. Oh, my God. I should have had the, the artist on them, but... I got them. They're very comfortable. I wear them at night when no one is around. <laughs> because if I did, I'd have to be a little cautious because... Hey, you sat in some gum. <laughs> <laughs> did you see that guy's balls? Right. They were weird looking. Ah. Yeah, so they're a little short, but very comfortable. But I'm so sorry to go on that tangent. <laughs> maybe maybe get some, like, you know, where you can wear them, but like maybe some spanks underneath or something. Absolutely. Some- back in, like, old school basketball players back in the day. Yeah. I can go with that. I can go with that. Now, and then fucking rock those motherfuckers. Uh, no, at my age, I just wear them. I just wear them. I don't rock them. No, wait, I wear dude. Them. If you're wearing something with Phantom of Paradise on it, you rock it. That's fair. That is totally fair. Well, next Friday, our next Friday Night's Fright is totally a horror film. Uh-huh. And is one that we actually talked about 
and Into the Mouth of March Madness. I'm so fucking stoked to see this on the big screen because this is only going to be the third time I've seen it and the second time on the big screen. And I fucking love it more now than I did then. This movie is great. And R.I.P. Brittany Murphy. My goodness. And very underseen, underrepresented. Cherry Falls up mm-hmm. on the big screen mm-hmm. next Friday Night's Fright. Oh, I'm super excited for yeah. that one. Now, the other repertory screenings that are going on this weekend. <laughs> we need to have a password for that movie. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. It's already started. <laughs> We're not going there. No, this is the first time. We're going to get through this episode, no Simpsons references, and no It's Always Sunny references. Can we do that? We've already lost that game. Did we? I don't know. Probably. Probably. (laughs) Okay, well, another film that's, and I've seen that for me, that is playing this weekend, which means I'll probably need to see it. And I think you've hosted, maybe, have you ever hosted for it back at the uh, Draft House? Which one? Purple Rain. Oh, yes. Purple Rain, Purple Rain. I love Purple Rain. It is such a good movie, fucking... You need to purify yourselves in the waters of Lake Winnetonka. It's great. Shut up, Wendy and Lisa. Uh, Purple Rain is amazing. I know a lot about the movie. I know all about how Prince is not necessarily the best character. No, you go on a journey with Prince, though, man. And plus the songs. And and Morris Day in the Time. (laughs) I love fucking Morris Day in the Time. There's something about the the relationship between him and Jerome that's mm-hmm. still I don't know if it's you know the Jay and Silent Bob thing, but it's the stuff I'm so familiar with. So I'm anxious to see it front to back. Now that's indoors. Now outdoors, of course, that weekend on Friday, a film that we've been talking a lot about because neither of us have seen it in quite some time. I know I saw it in the theaters when it came out. We're talking Ron Howard's Willow. Fucking. Use the one, Matt Martigan. I stole the baby. I stole the baby from a stupid bikini when he was taking a pee-pee. I genuinely look forward to seeing this, mm-hmm. but I'm also anxious because it's been so long. Who knows if it holds up? Who knows, but I'm, I can guarantee you those goblins are probably still fucking terrifying. The this trolls. I, <laughs> this movie would be, could be considered horror-adjacent. With the pig transformation by itself. Pigs, you're all pig. And that fucking general that looked like Sven Only Thorson coming in with the fucking uh, skull mask. That was rad. I always wanted to start a uh, a grunge based Willow band called Bad. Ba- oh no, wait, Bad. Bad. Blah, blah, blah. Nope, we're gonna cut that. <laughs> um, I gotta remember this now. It's gonna kill me. Never Mad mind. Mardigans? No, it was uh, her name was uh, Bav Morta. Bav Morta Finger. It's a bad pun. Ah. I would like, if I had, if we started a band based on Willow, the Rad Mardigans. Rad Mardigans is good. Val Kilmer, the, the documentary Val, if you haven't watched it, it is available on Prime Streaming. Check it out. And, and Phil Fondacaro being a badass. Absolutely being a badass. Again, I'm, I want to, I really hope it holds up. I really hope it holds up. So come on out Friday. Then on Saturday, a film that's another one that. <laughs> Hasn't aged as well for me as I've gotten older, but goddamn, did I love it as a kid? Uh, Mel Brooks's Spaceballs. <laughs> that oh movie shit! Still cracks me up. And there goes the planet. <laughs> We're the Spaceballs. Watch out! <laughs> yeah, has it been a while since you've seen it? No, it's been maybe about uh, five years. How did it hold up the last time? Pretty damn well. Okay, because it's stupid. It's just it. It's stupid. Well, if you don't like stupid humor, you're not going to... If you're like, I wonder what this Mel Brooks film is all about, this might be a good entry point, especially if you're like a yeah. fan of Star Wars. Oh, well, Star Wars, Aliens, Star Trek. I'm telling you, remember when we were doing the Alien commentary? Hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. Hello, my ragtime girl. How many people reverse engineered from Spaceballs into the Aliens universe? Right. I know I did. <laughs> Guaranteed. So come on out for that. Now, speaking of outdoors and looking ahead, genius, what's going to be coming up here soon from the Kansas City Horror Club? Ooh, mark your calendars, folks. It's back from the dead, the year we all came back from the dead. 
We are talking about Horror at the Drive-In, October 2nd. It's going to be two double feature. It's going to be one double feature of two great zombie movies. It's going to be Savini's Night of the Living Dead and Return of the Living Dead. Oh, wow. Yeah. And there's, it's only going to be $10 a carload, so pack as many people as you want. Come on in, right? Plus, we're going to have a swap and shop with all local vendors right before it. It's going to be great. It's going to start about 4 o'clock. You can find all this information and more at the Kansas City Horror Club page on Facebook or um, on the Twitters or anywhere where you want to be. It's going to be a lot of fun. I can't fucking wait, dude. To see fucking uh, Return on the big screen, on the giant drive-in screen. No, and it has always been a great way to open up October because that's usually the sign that the scary month is here, mm-hmm. and I love opening. I love the fact that we're going back to the uh, the remake and return. That's yeah. rad. Mm-hmm. That is going to be a hell of a lineup. So yeah, make sure to check that out. Now, of course, if you are living afar but would still like to somehow support us over at Screenland, uh, you can go to ScreenlandOnline.com, where they have a number of films that you can rent online. But maybe if you'd like to become a member of the uh, Screenland film family. You can head over to patreon.com slash screenland, where they have a number of tiers, a number of perks, including a little thing we do called the Shutter Shoutout. And our next one is going to be coming up on August 28th. And on this one, Genius, we are going to be craving some contemporary Crampton. Mm-hmm. Our double feature will consist of a first-time watch for both of us, and then a first-time watch for you, correct? Mm-hmm. So we're going to start things off with, oh, this is another one I'm excited for, man. I saw this at uh, Panic Fest. Uh It was probably my best of. I think it is her best performance to date. Larry Fessenden. We're talking Jacob's Wife. Ooh, I can't wait for that one. I'm super excited. And then the one that we're both watching for the first time, a film called Replace. Uh Uh-huh. It's about shedding skins or something. Oh, boy. We'll see. Could be some body art. Could be icky. I'm I'm anxious. Now, of course, those are both streaming on Shudder. Um, if you don't have Shutter at this point, I know there are a number of codes you can utilize, but by joining the Screenland film family, you're going to have access to some exclusive content that we put together, and it's basically a Nightmare Junkhead movie night. The home game. The home game. Mm-hmm. We put together a pre-show, we introduce the films, we have vintage, uh, vintage trailer reels, and of course, the post-film discussion. Shenanigans. Shenanigans after. So if that sounds decent, uh, head on over to patreon.com slash screenland, but... Genius, if we're talking Patreon and film family, he bellies. We, of course, also have our own little film family over at Patreon. Um, and little shout out here, and going back last week to our last Friday Night Fright, which fell on a Friday the 13th. And if you all remember, we screened Friday the 13th. Part du. Part du. You, the crowd was fucking killer. So first and foremost, I we've always been... We've been selling pretty well for the most part. We've seen seen more and more new people, which is Mm -hmm. great. We've got a lot of regulars that I'm starting to see more and more of. Yeah. And I usually anticipate, you know, a third of the, you know, theater one or this or that, which is always good. But we damn near sold out on Friday with Friday the 13th Part 2. Fuck yeah, it's Friday the 13th. And they were a rabid crowd. They were a great crowd. Holy smokes. Fantastic crowd. Cheering at Pro Arts. But it was a respectfully good crowd. You know, they well, I was told and I couldn't hear it, but apparently there were some people talking and I told the individual report it next time because we don't want that to take away yeah, from their no, fun. I didn't hear it either. I know. Well, I think it was probably because of the, we were all having such a good time mm-hmm. with them. Dude, they were cheering during the trailers like that. I was, And then after, of course, you egging them on as you do. Of course. But a shout-out to our film family members, uh, Dustin, Diana, Chad, and Jim, who were in attendance there. And um, if you... Listen, we've been doing this for over a year now. We've had a blast with it. But more than anything, we still enjoy the content. Mm -hmm. Uh, This We just put out our uh, little episode on The Cell, Mm -hmm. which I thought was a lot of fun. It was Uh, a lot of fun. Creepy D'Onofrio. Is there any other D'Onofrio? Not in my book. Uh, we had our we dropped our Friday the Thirteenth commentary, and amongst other things, again the film family members we have. One of our film family members actually called the Nightmare Junkhead uh, called the hotline, and he and another individual they left us a message, genius, and this is the message from the Who the Hell Is This For podcast. 
Welcome back to another episode of Not Our Podcast. That's right. We are Who the Hell Is This For? Kansas City's number one Reba McIntyre podcast. Congratulating our friends and Nightmare Junkhead on their 300th episode. Uh, you guys, we could not be more thrilled to have been uh, part of the journey coming in on uh, In the Mouth of March Madness and also just like a weird like part of our lives. Now, what can you say about Nightmare Junkhead? Could we say they are the second Kansas City's second most Reba McIntyre podcast. I mean, I think they at, definitely have if, claim to it. If they play this recording, I think they probably are number two. So, <laughs> Greg D, a single mom who works too hard. <laughs> Genius McGee, a man who loves his kids and never stops. <laughs> No, but we sincerely want to congratulate the guys over at Nightmare Junkhead. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, they've they've had a weird like role in my life. Uh, I took my now wife to a mystery double feature, which ended up being Class of 1984, uh, which has been referenced on their podcast time and time again. Uh, anytime that I come up, uh, Greg also makes sure to make a note of uh, if my wife should watch or not watch a movie that they're referencing. I, w- I was recording with them when I found out that my wife and I closed on our house uh, right before the pandemic. I know Riley, um, Riley has gone so far as to be a patron of the nightmare junkhead podcast. Yes. I have officially now paid to be in their, ep- their 300th episode. Um, I'd say money well spent. You guys have become one of my favorite podcasts I listen to. I mean, the way you guys look at movies with such positivity, no matter what movie you guys watch. Oh, um, absolutely. You guys are huge Pee Wee Herman stands, uh, so that definitely resonates with me. Um, Genius, your impressions are out of this world. Out of this world. Um, (laughs) And that's coming from three guys who have no good impressions so (laughs) Uh, two guys who can do a pretty good hank hill impression and one who cannot (laughs) we'll let you be the judge of that (laughs) if you go back to our empty man episode you'll figure that out pretty quick the empty man (laughs) three guys that cannot do a christopher walken impression (laughs) Uh, oh my god Hello. <laughs> hello. Yeah, go back to our Mission Impossible episode if you just want to hear us say hello five or ten times. To Nightmare Junkhead. Uh, I kept this episode of Nightmare Junkhead in my ass. <laughs> That'll be the pull quote. They'll only pull that. I've... <laughs> uh, I also wanted to say a sincere congratulations, fellas. Um, I have learned a lot just by listening to your pod. I am within probably the last three or four years, like I wouldn't say new to horror, but new to like horror aficionado type of thing. And I have found so many new movies and learned so much from you guys. I've also just loved how you guys are so welcoming to people of all different tastes. I think that you find great things for everyone. If you are a gore hound, if you like horror comedy, Whatever else it might be, I think you guys always have a recommendation for someone. So we appreciate all the hard work you guys put in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I should have mentioned that earlier. Like, Nightmare Junkhead was one of the first podcasts. When I really got into podcasts, uh, they were one of the first ones. And this was right as I was getting into horror as well. So they they were there, and they really, like, they were basically my guide along this journey of, like, getting really into horror. And um, then getting to meet them, becoming friends with them, seeing around uh, Kansas City and actually like getting to know them in person. Uh, it's been awesome just to get those get to know those guys like as friends, but also just to see the work they've been doing on Nightmare Junkhead and Nerds and Nostalgia. Just incredible stuff. Uh, keep up the good work, guys. And here's to hopefully another 300 episodes. You guys can weave in and out of my consciousness anytime. Cheers, fellas. Okay, number one, where do we start? Here's your one chance, fancy, don't let me down. Dr. Feelgood, here's your one chance, fancy, don't let me... Okay, Dr. Feelgood. Explain that little, that little, where did that come from? First of all, I do enjoy Reba McIntyre. Enjoy Reba McIntyre, but something about fancy. At one point in time, I was listening to that song, Fancy, and Dr. Feelgood 
somehow is playing in another room or something, and they kind of melded like they a Cronenberg? natural remix. So like, here's your one chance, fancy, don't let me down. Doctor, feel good. Here's your one chance. So from that point on, I cannot hear or think about fancy without Dr. Feelgood, and it drastically changes both songs terribly. Can you listen to Dr. Feelgood without thinking fancy? Mm-mm. So it does cross. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, that thing penetrates even without an elephant gun. So, like... <laughs> I was going to say, if we do like the uh, the Reaching for Reba podcast, <laughs> we're definitely guesting on the Tremors episode. Also, they mentioned the fact that I'm now kind of like a single parent with a toddler with Charlie. <laughs> That is such an accurate and apt description of me out and about with her nowadays where when I'm at the dog park, I don't listen to pot like current like podcasts that I'm listening for the first time because part of me has to constantly be aware of where she is and what she's doing. When I'm doing movie nights now, I have to be constantly aware of who she, where she is and what she's doing because she's going to sneak up on you and get up uh-huh. in your business. Oh, yeah. So I was like... I am kind of like a single parent with a toddler now with Charlie. So, you guys, you're, 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 you're getting me in the feels. Put down that stick. Put down that stick. It's horrible. and Because I've seen it happen. And I remember feeling bad for the parent. And I was like, man, I'm glad I don't have kids. Karma. Comes back to get you every single time. Right. Good <laughs> thing my kids are independent. Yeah, oh, yeah, of course. Come on now. <laughs> There's like the ones that come back from college. They just like kind of lay around, laying around and loaf. Like, hey, here's some laundry. Can you do that for me, please? <laughs> right. Can you clean this for me? Hey, you got any food? Scratch my belly, and then I'm gone. Right. That was a great <laughs> time. Thanks, guys. <laughs> well, no, thank you so much, everyone at the Who the Hell Is This For podcast. Absolutely. Especially Riley, of course, for being a member of our film family. And if you would like to become a member of our film family, all you have to do is head over to patreon.com slash nightmarejunkhead where we have every tier from a squidly diddly to another time. Another place. Speaking of another time. Another place. Let's go back to the year of 2009, genius. <gasps> because when we were talking off mic, you were like, man, this is 2009. How did we get that F-bomb in this movie? Yeah. And I was just thinking about it. It's like, you know, it was very so casually thrown in. It felt like an 80s F-bomb in mm-hmm. a way. But... There is a lot, and I mean a lot, that we can say about Jennifer's body. Yeah. But let's start at the beginning. Back in 2009, did you see this in the theater? Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, I saw this in the theater. Now, let me ask you, genius. Mm-hmm. You're a horror fan, so you're going to go see a horror movie anyway. Right, right, right. But was there any extra incentive for you back in 2009 when you were a younger man? Yeah, oh, probably I got to oogle Megan Fox. That's I fair. Mean, like, That's fair. Because she was literally and figuratively the hottest thing on the planet at that time. I can't disagree. And I and listen, we're, we're approaching this film now as 40, 40 year old men at this. Men? Eh. Mm. I know my perspective has changed. So much since back in 2009. But I did not see this movie in the theater. In fact, I don't want to say I went out of my way to avoid it, but it was just one of those I just never went out of my way to see. And it wasn't until a few years ago that I saw it for the first time, and it was a repertory screening at Screenland, Mm -hmm. uh, hosted by our friend Liz, and I liked it. Liked! Liked it! Now, that being said, this is now my third time watching it. That like actually changed over to love. Really? This viewing experience, and I don't know what it was. Again, I think a lot has changed for me since even three years ago, technically, in a way. Uh, but there is something about this viewing that just really hit me in a way I wasn't anticipating. And I don't know if it was just a change in perspective, the baggage we bring, or more of an empathetic view of who I think this film was made for back in 2009. And it won us. It, no, it really wasn't. Now, now, that's not to be said. It wasn't made for horror fans, because it was. Right, right, right. It's straight up. This is a horror movie. Right. But I really think this movie, as written by Diablo Cody, woman, mm-hmm. directed by Karen Kusama, woman, mm-hmm. it was led, direct- led by two Jenner- strong women, right. Megan Fox, Amanda Seyfried. Mm-hmm. This movie was made for teen girls, but yet the marketing in it was for teen boys. Which like, was, and not necessarily a teen boy at that point, genius, but you were still in, you know, 
that would have been your like late twenties. I was 20s. in the springtime of youth. Yes. Right, right, right. No, and that's what's incredible because it didn't do well in its theatrical release. A lot of people consider it a flop, mm-hmm. um, a bomb even. And one of the things I know that we really kind of uh, promote here on the show is the fact that you know your opening weekend. Doesn't it don't mean you. shit. Yeah. Opening weekend doesn't mean shit. Look at the thing. Yeah. I mean, look at all the movies that we absolutely love and herald to this day. They all bombed. Yeah, I mean, name, the- name a horror movie that people absolutely treasure for 30 odd years or, or more and tell me if that's a, not a bomb. I mean, it, like, yeah. It's the longevity. It's, you know, the fact that more and more people, myself included, are discovering it later in life. And it's becoming now what a very definition of a cult classic. Didn't do well in the theater. Found its audience via home viewing, streaming, you know, in this case. And I, like I said, there was something about it. The, the horror hit better. A lot of the laughs hit better. For me, what I, the pacing was perfect for me in this viewing. I don't know what it was. I just felt constantly engaged. I was on my laptop, granted. I'll admit it now. Where I was, uh, Charlie was a little tired. But there was just something about it that just felt... It became more familiar actually. And it wasn't even the dialogue of which we'll talk about. Yeah. But I think it was kind of in the characterizations and even the peripheral characters because I was having so many more of those, hey. Oh yeah, that I forgot that person was in it. Oh look, it's Amy Sedaris. Amy Sedaris. I was so excited to see her name in the credits. J.K. Simmons. What accent was he doing? Something weird. I don't know. He was just <laughs> off. he was just off on his tangent, but no. Going back to what you're saying, I remember seeing this in the theater too, and coming out like, yeah, I liked it. I didn't love it. You know, what were you expecting going in? See, that's the thing. I don't know. I yeah. know that it was going to be a lot more like, hey, I'm I'm Megan Fox and I'm sexy, you know, and I'm always start making out with everybody and and Amanda Seyfried. Check it out because that's what the marketing was. It was sold on it. I was also expecting somewhat of a throwback mm-hmm. to like a lot more gore, sure. a lot more like bombastic splatter, and this is more like one of those think piece vampire stories. You know what I'm saying? And so I was like, yeah, it was a good movie. I didn't love it. And then looking back on it, I mean, coming into an older set of yeah, eyes, a it. more appreciative set of eyes, I really enjoyed this. I still don't love it. And it's not because it's not a good movie. Mm-hmm. It's just, and it's not because I, it's not what I'm expecting. It's, I enjoyed it significantly more than I did back then. But I'm not like, fuck yeah, Jennifer's body, you know? I've, at this point, I think I'll probably... This is one of those that will be kind of a yearly or every other year viewing at this point because uh, I really did enjoy it. I think it's, for me, it was not all the dialogue. And that's okay. Let's let's go let's right go from to, the get. Let's go to that. And I think Diablo one of the reasons, Cody, yeah. I think one of the reasons why, and it's like, I don't understand... I don't know if it's because I'm too old, get off my lawn thing, because this is 2009. I was like mid-20s or whatever the math is. And so I would... Kind of get the references because, like, I enjoyed Juno, right? I liked, I loved Juno at the time, right? I, I did still too. actually dig it. So, but so when I was watching it this time, I was like, "You guys are going beyond Gilmore Girls fast," because I'm used to Gilmore Girls, right? I almost felt like I needed not necessarily a translator, but at least the uh, closed captioning. And I'm like, maybe I could catch the reference on that. Let me read that and let that process in my mind again. Because some of the jokes I got, but some of the jokes I'm like, I don't understand that reference. And it was pissing me off because I should have. You know what I'm saying? Is this, is this, is this a, like a very important moment in your life where you truly do become an old man where it's like you you've lost touch of no. what's cool no because what is like, hip you know you're you're lost i don't do tiktok and everybody's like oh it's that blah 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 on the tiktok because look at this tiktok dance like the fuck are you talking about tiktok last thing a tiktok i remember is that fucking robot automaton from fucking return to oz right that's what i'm thinking i'm thinking does he come up and like I will do stuff for you. Is he like a fucking Jarvis? Well, so yeah, no, I already know that I'm old. But the thing about it is, that's today's shit. I'm talking about me not getting 2009 shit. I, that's where I should have got. And so I'm like, 
damn you, Diablo Cody. I don't understand some of your references. <laughs> and I don't understand, and I will not respond to the question. Well, and let's and face it. I think, unfortunately, because I was... This is a total I've seen that back in the day. I could have BS my way a few years ago before I watched well, the Well, fuck yeah, time. you're like, oh yeah, Megan Fox she turns into a succubus and like fucking she makes out with Amanda Seyfried and like, uh, yeah, they're BF- BFFs. Yeah, no, no, I totally could have too. Well, Even and, seeing it, well, and, I could have said that. But I remember though, back in the day, still going to like avclub.com. Mm-hmm. Um, it was probably Badass Digest at the time or whatever. And seeing, Ain't it cool? Seeing the nasty comments all directed towards Diablo Cody, and a lot of it, I don't know if it was because she's a woman. Let's face it, unfortunately, it's probably the case, but there was a lot of pushback against her, especially as she oh, won yeah. the Oscar. Oh, yeah. I remember and that, too. There I was mean, a lot just, of hate. Yeah. So I don't know if there was just an, an initial push against her because of that, so they're hyping the latest Diablo Cody script. Because that never happens now. Of course, right, right. You know? Well, no, and that's just, that's what's so, what's great, though, is the fact that this has found an audience at this point. Mm-hmm. It is gaining more momentum, um, a bigger push, and I'm glad that Diablo is still around to see that. To see that it's finding maybe its original intended audience. Fuck, I'm glad to see Megan Fox is still around to see that. And because, like, it was not only dismissed, but, like, she's been dismissed. And she's really fucking good in this movie. I thought she was so... And what I thought she did so well with is the fact that, really, I felt sympathetic for her for a few times, but she really played the mean girl really well in this movie. She almost she almost had dual roles in each pre-demon and post-demon because what I there was one part about it I'm like that's fucking grand when she's being a cheerleader and then she like all of a sudden she turns over and she does this the really dorky nerdy yes. like ah there's a man to see for right and I'm like that's grand but then later on she's being kind of a bitch to her and I'm like go on chill out that's your best friend but then I was like okay sometimes I'm an asshole to Dustin and vice versa or something but Megan Fox just took it to like other levels before she became a demon. So I I liked that aspect where it was kind of like she was almost when she was pre-demon she was almost a sour patch kid. First she's first she's sour, then she's sweet, you know, and I could just see like cutting off somebody's hair and then like, "Oh, I'm sorry I got you a car." You know, or some shit like that, you know? Well, it's it goes into the whole idea and the re- the nature of their relationship and I think it bears into question this whole idea of a toxic relationship. Yeah. Or maybe the fact that relationships are allowed to evolve and grow and some people grow apart naturally or some people are possessed by a demon, you know, and... But and, I think there's... when is it friendship versus attraction and when does friendship turn into attraction or vice versa and all that stuff? There's a lot of different things in this. That's just it. I think this movie is a lot headier than it gets a lot of credit for. Oh, yeah, for. because, again, it's it was marketed and still it's to this just, day yeah. Yeah. that it's like, oh... Check it out. She's sexy, and she's going to go around eating boys. Everybody know, and that means sex scenes. You're going to fucking love it. And check it out. Look on the back of this DVD. They're going to make out. <laughs> you know? And, like, yeah, that's parts of it, but not some of the whole. No, and even though everything, this movie is almost like an anti-80s horror film because there is no nudity. Everything, it's, there's, not, there's no real gratuitous gore. Um, except for the vomiting, which is actually quite great. It's pretty cool. Um, but even the way the sex scenes are shot, it's very intimate and tender and kind of caring. Very, but it's they reminding me of Bound. That's fair. That is fair. I could, just that whole shot in the scene, you know? No, there. Well, and this is Karin uh, Kusama. I mean, from the invitation, she shit. She the reason we have uh, is it Letty in the in the final fan or final fantasy. <laughs> Fast Five series, whatever. Uh-huh. You know, she got started in Girl Fight. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, and obviously with the invitation, um, you know, we're big fans of her, and she brings a lot to this movie as well, just in terms of the style. She was in talks to, when they were they're talking about rebooting Dracula, yes. she would be fucking perfect in, because there was so many great vampiric elements in this movie. Yes. Where I was like, oh, wow. She, that If that's not a vampire, she will be... Kill it as Dracula. Just one, all the like shadow play that she did, and the and the levitation and the whole seduction aspect of it, and the chaos and carnage. Well, let's go to the seduction and the carnage. The 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 infamous bar scene, 
where we get introduced to Low Shoulder. Uh, Douche ooh. band. Oh well, my. first we get introduced to fucking Chris Pratt. And I'm like, is that... Wait, where have I seen that big yokel before? <laughs> yeah, it, it is. I mean, this is like way back in the day. This is probably around the time of The Office. No, Parks and Rec. Is he Office or Parks and Rec? I think he's Both. Parks and Rec. I, mean, I, 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 I I've seen that. I'm bad with that. I've been called out multiple times Me for too. not seeing I've that. Seen that. But seen no, that. we get Chris Pratt. Um, we get basically Adam Brody's character as the lead singer of Low Shoulder. Adam Brody, who we recently saw in um, uh, Ready or Not. Mm-hmm. So to see him, that, and that was actually in 2019, so 10 years have passed, doing some really good horror work here. Yeah. Now, I know primarily he's known for, is it the O.C.? Sure. Okay, see, that's just it. That's just it. Sure. Some of these people, I'm out of touch with, genius. Right. You were out of touch with at the time. We were not the audience for this. But what I think speaks volumes of the movie, then, is the fact that it did work for me as a 45-year-old man. The fact that I grew to love this film. And I felt bad for some of the characters. Oh, my God. Okay, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the fact that her name is Needy, uh, is that, like, just... uh, That's in the writing there, my friend. That's... uh, Right. (laughs) There's text and subtext, which I appreciate. Uh, But the interesting thing about it is it was Jennifer who was the more needy one. Oh, yeah. She was... Well, and the one, I mean... The fact that maybe she was more insecure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's there's the, the whole bits of where she's, <laughs> when she's feeling good and confident after having feasted and consumed. She's like glowing and all like, yeah, yeah. And then when she's, you know, hungry and what have you, she's like. Just haggard. I feel like, like a regular Aww. girl. And again, Megan Fox sells all of that. Uh, you know who did the actual visual effects, the, the practical stuff? Hmm. Uh, Howard Berger and Greg Nicotero did. Oh, so two-thirds of the KMB squad. Yeah. Huh. And it shows because that goop was crazy. It was pretty it was great. Gory. I like the whole little aspect that it like tingles. Well, when we're introduced to Low Shoulder, we're basically they're this just local band. <laughs> when they get the name of the town wrong, they're like, "It's the Devil's Blood." No, it's no, the, Devil's, it's the Devil's Kettle. No, yeah. it's the. You're right. You're right. right. <laughs> you're awesome. Just plays it so well. Here's my question about them, though. When they were first introduced, are they hypnotizing? Jennifer, because when you noticed, like, it's even before she's like, because he's like almost blood dinerian when he's like, <laughs> come to a blood buffet and he's singing. Even when shit's going on fire and everybody's like, Jennifer, get out. She's still like, what? what? And when they come out, she's still like, I think part of I think van. after that was more shock than anything, but perhaps i don't know i i wouldn't put it past some little indie band that's trying to make it big there they're such douches oh they're giant horrible douches. douches and he looks like he's having a ball playing it because there's that one there's a great shot where he comes into the foreground with every the entire thing on fire explosions he's got the dream and i'm like oh uh, i feel safer in my van actually it's a, yeah um, a state of crisis right now and she goes you remind me of a dark evil twisted tree <laughs> it's great it's it's so freaking good and the fact that we subvert the virgin trope and the whole th- the reason that she becomes a succubus or a demon is that she wasn't a virgin and she was sacrificed. Therefore, she comes back and... This shenanigans ensue. This is where we get the shenanigans and... Succubus shenanigans. Let's see here. 2009, porno came out in 2020. So again, in about a 10-year thing for the succubi there. But no, this is actually a really cool original way to do this story. Mm-hmm. And the growl after eating the chicken and then the vomiting. Yeah. And did you notice the it vomit? Moved. Yes. And it, and it moved on its own like it's tingling. It was weird and It was creepy. gross. It's demonic bile. I and guess then it she does goes that? Like, it didn't happen. She goes, I spent like five hours cleaning this shit up. She's got the little little things under her nails. The dynamic between the two of them was kind of wonderful, and you can see throughout the film where she's just constantly like, "Do I? What am I doing? Why do I keep doing this? What's a, what's this about her that I keep bailing her out and covering for? Her? She's over here eating people. She, she's trying to get a man. She needs a deal breaker, genius. Mm-hmm. All of that for her is a deal breaker. Yeah." That she should have seen it was a deal breaker for a while ago. Indeed, that's the bad thing about like toxic relationships. You don't fucking see it until it's too late. Until like the succubus is all up in you, you know. <laughs> well, and but then the- again, going back to the succubus kill, what's with like the animals? Because even later, there's a deer eating a person. Deers don't eat meat. You know, they don't eat people. That first it- kill we get. 
when all the animals are around and I'm like, okay, she's a succubus. I'm waiting for la da da da, la. and I'm like, I ain't gonna be mad. I ain't gonna say no, you know. But at the same time, what's the deal? Kusama was probably a big fan of possession, I'm sure. And the of course, it all goes back there at that point. No, I was also wondering where, and I'd forgotten all about that. So, and all those fucking rats. Of course, I couldn't. All the rats. I couldn't. Deal breaker. I said earlier off mic that there was not a thing in this movie that was a deal breaker, right? But I'm gonna have to say, yeah, and that's the deal breaker. Because if like even Megan Fox was like, hey. You want to go in this abandoned shed and bang? And I'm like, all right, cool. So I go up in there and I find it's a fucking rat room. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. And I'm like, you know, I'm sorry, Miss Fox. We can go somewhere else. I'm glad you're consistent, my friend. Right. You are a man of scruples. Come <laughs> out. No, I love that whole thing. And then the aftermath. And I will say this: the the deaths in the film are actually treated with a little bit of gravitas towards most of the characters around them. Like, the grief is real. Yeah. Um, the effects of a small town like that are real. And it's all background. Meanwhile, one of the great shots in this movie that kind of explained everything is when everybody in the whole entire school was in gray and everybody was drab because there's been a string of student deaths. And meanwhile, here comes Megan Fox strutting along in a little cherry sweater, right? And <laughs> Vibrant. And everybody's just like, oh, okay. And... Comes equipped with plenty of barbs. Uh, and again, there's just a level of... Because she's all mad talking shit. Mad talking shit where they're like, and maybe we should talk about the dead and like, boring. Or, and I'm like, it just happened and you're the one that fucking did it, you know? And everybody's like, show some respect. Well, and it's that should the, be clue number one. Well, and does the succubus or, you know, does it intense or enhance just, you know, your normal attitude and emotions he everything like even when she was trying to bang uh chad or that was his name right uh, the dude with the, the boyfriend livery? the boyfriend oh no chip 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 when he was trying to bang like say i'm better than needy say i'm hotter than needy right yeah. so the succubus like brought out the more animal all the insecurities awful, awfulness which is the insecurities and all that shit the fact that she's been just trying to one-up needy the whole time yeah no and i think this movie could be played well on the perils of friendship and how fragile it can sometimes be when we are just stuck in ourselves. Um, and you're friends with Megan Fox. Well, that would always be tough. Well, and from the get-go, I love the fact that she addresses it, and she's like, well, how is, you know, the hottest girl in school friends with a little dork like me? Right. And it's like, no, you can see in a small town just how friendships start. And how they how, stay. And yeah. yeah. And whether it's good or bad. And even there was rules in there, like, the, yeah. when she was like, okay, wear something cute. Means right. that I have to wear something where I show that I'm sexy, but not want to upstage her. Yep. I can show belly, but I can't show boobs. Like, <laughs> that killed me. Again, little things like that that just was it was charming, mm -hmm. and that's what always I really like with the kind of the characters of it. Um, but it was also badass because she starts off. She oh. starts off the movie. Amanda Seyfried start Nini starts off a badass, kicking that chick in the in the chest. Wow, oh. with the pills flying everywhere. Only the third time I've seen it, I forgot the movie started this way and how it goes out of sequence like that and how it builds into yeah. that first scene. I'm like, oh, yeah. How, like, she's, like, little and frail on the outside, but everybody in the yard's afraid of her. Like, everybody's just kind of walking. Like, okay, this needy's crazy. Maybe she's showing off some of the demon persona there. Or she's got a squirrel with her. If only a squirrel. <laughs> um, the, I kind of got a bit of a Heather's vibe from the movie with kind of the kills in the community and how they're drawn together, how they adopt the theme, be it either big fun or low shoulder. And how the killers are for like real nihilistic about it. Just like, eh. yeah. <laughs> Indifferent is all good out. Well, not, not needy. She's, it hits her hard every death. Uh, again, she's more empathetic, um, but no, I can see somebody wearing a big fun shirt. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it totally, totally works. And that's the thing. This is a high school movie. Made for high schoolers at that time. And again, that's why we probably don't understand some of the slang. I don't know if Diablo Cody went, uh, you know, under, you couldn't probably in 2009. Hello, fellow students. I don't know if you could do that at that time, but um, just the slang, the back and forths, the, your, your jello, your lime green jello. Now, see, that's, that's some of that I got, and I'm like, okay, cool. But like, some of it's like, I'm like, wait, huh? Or I don't get that one at all. How is that leading to that? And well, you know, I get salty. The, but, the like, salty. that's not what I thought it meant. 
No, that's okay. Again, we're we're old genius. Right. We're not hip. We're not. Ne- we were never hip, my friend. And it'll happen to you. That's the that's the other thing of when a movie has legs is when you see it the first time you were younger and you you appreciated things and now you watch it again you're like oh I appreciate a little Amy Sedaris maybe more than the Megan Fox mm-hmm. or, or and it's just J.K. that rem- Simmons yes and it's just that his... reminder right we can grow we can change we can evolve and the horror films they grow and change and evolve with us and we can still not get some shit <laughs> um, one of the things that I really 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 dug here was the contrast of kind of the sex, sex and seduction scene. Uh-huh. Yeah, I wrote that down, too, because one's, like, really, like, loving and caring, and it's, like, like two consensual adults. The other one is... Tender and cute. In a fucking rat room. <laughs> fucking being eaten alive. Never underestimate the power of a teenage boy's boner to even... No. In the face of danger and all these things screaming, get out you'll find yourself drawn to. Because they even mentioned that, like, she's like, my tits are smart bombs. I just point them in the direction and go. (laughs) That was funny. That was very funny. But there's a moment in the scene when they're they're unwrapping the condom, and he's talking about how it's got this such and such thing that's good for you, and she goes, cool. Rib for her pleasure. Her delivery of cool. (laughs) (laughs) Her delivery of cool, though, Made me giggle enough that I woke Charlie up and she came up and started like licking me because that's what when I laugh legitimately she came up and that just killed me. The uh, one line I loved was, um, "So uh, hey, you want to go midnight? They got a midnight screening of Rocky Horror. Uh, I don't like sports films." That- like- <laughs> Great, that's so goddamn good. Um, the uh, the shot, the shadow scene of Jennifer slaughtering that guy, like you said, totally works in a vampiric setting. Hey, you know what? You know what's another deal breaker? Fucking swamp pools. Oh, I would yeah. not go into a swamp pool. That entire set piece I loved because it is so moody. It's almost like an anti It Follows mm-hmm. in, in terms of an end set piece where that's a little bit more clean, idyllic pool. And this one, what is Is it like in the upside down? Like there are things growing out of it. There's a it? big abandoned observatory, I guess, gymnasium or college or something in the middle of nowhere because that's where they ran off to. Mm-hmm. That was fucking weird. And you know there's even more rats than in that, like, abandoned... Oh, you... The whole town seemed just vermin-infested. It Well, it's a small town. I'm not going to say what their politics might be, but, you know, there's a reason people are always striving to get out of there. Um, so let me ask you a question. Yes. Did they have a psychic sex link? I don't think it was a psychic... I think it was tied to the acts of savagery, I believe. Because it was only when she was killing. It was maybe not sex, seduction. Yeah, because she knew when, when uh, she was seducing somebody and where. Now, I, under- I understand, like, spidey senses. Like, I could understand, like, maybe if she has a question that maybe Chip is going off, sneaking around, like, ah, my, my spider sense is going off. But you wouldn't have that much spider sense. Genius. Apparently, you've never had a BFF. That that's close. Where you just know. Now, I'm not saying maybe where you and Dustin share that potentially. Like if we're ever talking, and all of a sudden you're like, Gh-h-h-h. and I'm like, oh no, oh no. <laughs> I just start screaming and freaking out. Like no, I've never <laughs> experienced that. Right? I've never experienced that. I've been BFFs with that motherfucker for thirty fucking years. Now. Like, <laughs> well, I'm not saying you haven't reached the peak of a friendship like, you know, Needy and like, Jennifer have. Well, we, well, we probably didn't have it was those little uh, heart necklaces. That's the key. Because apparently once you rip that off, like, <gasps> all things are off. All, loses all the power. No, and that's just, but I think it's just, just to show their closeness. And God, I'm still thinking about having that power. That's fucking awful. It would suck to be Professor X, you know, <laughs> Professor Sex. That would be awful. Like, you can only see people when they're banging. You know, it's like, oh, God, look into the mind. Oh, no. I think always the first uh, lesson of a telepath is how to shut certain things off, potentially. Yeah, no, I don't want to be that close to anybody where I'm like, (gasps) well, she did actually. She said, hey, I'm like an X-Man, so potentially a sex man. (laughs) Not going to not going to happen. Not going to happen. No, I, I agree. I think there is some kind of element of closeness to them. But I think it's just also to parallel everything that they're going through at this time. More examples that she knows, I really need to distance myself yeah. from her at this point. Um, because I'm only going to get dragged into this where my boyfriend's going to die. 
Only the third time I've watched this genius, I always am shocked when Chip dies. That kills me. But what got for me is like it was like almost an insane jump. Like, hey, I don't want you to go to the prom tonight. From all the way from that, like, I don't want you to go to the prom. Are you breaking up with me? And I'm like, how did the, did we miss a couple of steps here? It's like that's what I was like, is this like breakup ex machina? Like, what's going on here? I think maybe it was in, in service to get him away. No matter what she had to do, if she had to break up with him for just a night, that's what I'm saying. I, then, I don't understand with him. I'm oh. like. How did you? How, no, just like all right, cool. Why not? If she would have said like, "Look, Jennifer's going around fucking people up, and she's gonna pull a carry." Oh come on! Like, all right, cool. I'm not going to prom. Come on, come on. Boys are sensitive, and they're dramatic as all get out. I'm so. sensitive and dramatic as all get out, and I'm almost like a teenage boy anyway. So like, no, you know, sometimes like, hey, look, some bad, some ill shit's gonna go down if you go to the prom. I'm not saying like right now, I'm not gonna go to anybody's prom, right? But like, bad, like some ill shit's gonna go down if you go to like. So Bill shit's going to go down if you go to that McDonald's. I'll go to McDonald's. Don't go to McDonald's. Are you breaking up with me? You know, it's like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> it's like, okay, cool. I won't go. There was a lot of steps. That's one thing where I was like, wait, what? It made me feel like I missed something. Well, and maybe that's just to drive him a little bit easier into the seduction of Jennifer. But what I liked, though, was that in the end, he pushed away. It's like, I just can't do this. This isn't right. Which inevitably, again, leads to his demise. Mm -hmm. And even the confrontation in the pool with her arising out. That was cool. I'm telling you, Kusama's Dracula would be the shit. It really would. It really would. And I think they even did like a reverse shot with it as well. It works. I just, and the fact that you're always trying to undermine me. When she's like, she's not flying. She's just like levitating, I think she says. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's not big of a deal. It's just all of that stuff. The research that goes into uh, going to the occult section of the library. We got an small. occult section? Yeah, there's a couple of books. Yeah, we got one. <laughs> all, that, all that kind of stuff just kills me, man. I just really, really dug it. Um, I mean, it was funny and it was smart. I, yeah. I, 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 for a lot of horror movies, it was a very funny and smart script. I think it would be funnier if I got the jokes or I was able to like keep up. I would say 75% of the jokes I got. I'm not saying, like, yeah. I don't get this movie. You know, but I'm just saying, like... No. Well, I even felt bad laughing at during the, 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 again, the charming sex scene where she's experiencing all the nastiness and she's seeing all those things and he's in an entire And he's world. thinking, like, I'm fucking rocking it. Because she's like, oh, oh, God, no. Oh, God. And she's like, ah, screaming and shit. And he goes, yeah, I'm a fucking champ at this. And I'm, I'm trying not to laugh because, again, I'm, I'm feeling more empathetic with Needy in this, you know, movie. I'm trying to, you know, I'm seeing the movie through her perspective. I'm just like, oh, no. But I'm like, that's kind of funny. I And... I always like the, the the laugh I feel bad about afterwards. Right. Like that's just it was like, yeah, am I too big? Am I? <laughs> because at the same time, Chip is fucking charming and he's a he good is. dude because like when she goes, Hey, something bad happened, the place burned down. The first question is like, Are you okay? Mm -hmm. Do you need me to come and help you? I am yeah. here. You know, it wasn't like Hey, what's going on? I'm asleep. Get the fuck away. Call me tomorrow. You know? Are you breaking up with me? Are you breaking? Are you breaking up with me? What the fuck? Is is burning the bar down a metaphor? <laughs> quite possibly. Quite possibly. No, I. There was the the. Uh, let's talk. Okay, the moment when he's dying, and he says, "I should have believed you." There was a moment, and let's scare Jessica to death. When she runs up to her husband and she's like, believe me. Yeah. And it, it threw me back to that because there's that moment when she's telling him, she's breaking everything down. Like, no, she's a succubus. She's a demon. I'll have to kill her with like a blade to the heart. And he has a moment. He's like, I believe you, but I don't believe that. And it almost is like he's almost there, but still. Right. I mean, he believes that something ill is going on, but at but, the same time, it's hard to believe that there's really fucking demons, you know? Right. I mean, like, it, if you came up to me like, man, Charlie's an alien, you know, I'd be like, okay, I believe something's wrong with Charlie, I believe you, but I don't believe that it's an alien. You know what I'm saying? So, like... Well, when I show up here, like, with, like, a tail and... You know, giant paws. Uh, yeah. <laughs> going like that. Or even worse, coming out. <laughs> invasion of the banjo dogs. You know, just like. Oh, that's rough. That's but no, I rough. can see where he's coming from with that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's another thing that I really liked about it. And there's that, again, you can add a lot more to this film, uh, 2018 and beyond, mm -hmm. most especially with Megan Fox. Um, 
But maybe that's why this film is finding an audience. Because I don't think the world at large was ready for this movie. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And you know, that's maybe it is ahead of its time at that point. Because we as a, as a people have evolved, especially after this year. Yeah. So well, are there, some of us have. So I should say, well, some way or another, we've all changed. That's very true. You know, that's so very, yeah, again, as we all do, mm-hmm. as it is, it's inevitable. Change is so, inevitable. Exactly. So whether it be friendship or or the world or suck you by. Well, occasionally you have succubi? to take succubi for multiple plural, I think. Yes. I don't know, or maybe succubuses. Su- but no, occasionally succubi. you do need to take a step maybe and evaluate. Take a look at a friendship, at a relationship, at some sort of partnership. You know, hell, mm-hmm. we reflected on 300 episodes recently. And, right. You know, and this is so why, far so good. And this is why I love doing the podcast because I got to come back to this movie and I fell in love with it. You know, if we weren't doing this podcast... Who knows if I would have gone back and watched Jennifer's Body again? Mm-hmm. But we knew we were doing the school-based movies, and I think we both mentioned it. And was like, yeah, let's. I'd like to rewatch that. Yeah. And man, I'm so goddamn glad I did. Like I said, this might, and then inevitably go into my regular yearly rotation, probably school around the time of school because it is a school movie. I don't know if I'd put it in. Oh, it's absolutely a school movie. Yeah. I mean, like yeah, high school, high <laughs> high school be high school girl movie. But at the same time, I enjoyed this significantly more than I yeah. did back in the day. But I don't know if I would put it in my constantly yearly or even bi-yearly rotation. Maybe once every four or five years, Yeah, then I'd well, be down for it again. I think with me, I'll try to introduce it to people. Yeah. Because I do, again, it is still finding its audience. If I um, see it before that four or five years, I'm okay with it. Certainly, certainly. It, it Inevitably, regardless, I, and again, we'll, I'm a huge fan of Diablo Cody Karin uh, Kusama. Yeah. Um, Megan Fox actually just recently starred in like an actioneer flick, and apparently she was really good in it as well. But I do think people are coming back to that, coming back to her career. Uh, obviously, Amanda Seyfried has been killing it, oh, literally absolutely. in Mean Girls. Yeah. I mean, she's... And she's in Mamma Mia. She, she's, she's rad. Again, the all the cast, top to bottom, I'm trying to think of if we've missed anyone specifically... We've given them all Let's their see Chris Pratt, yeah, Chris Pratt. Simmons, Amy Sedaris, Lance Hendrickson. Okay, the very end. My, I love the credit sequence. I forgot Lance Hendrickson shows up at the very end. Just such a meager, nothing role. But like, you go, well, it's Lance Hendrickson, and he's smiling. He is smiling. He's happy, Hendrickson, which means <gasps> you guys are about to go on some adventures. He's got he's towing his motorcycles exactly. in the back. I would have totally gone for that. But then that entire end credit sequence, when we see Low Shoulder at their big like New York, you know, concert debut, they're in the hotel, they're partying like rock stars. And we just see the, like the file footage of the aftermath. Which there was a lot of good carnage. The bar scene carnage. Oh, yeah. God oh, damn. I was, was like, people are there's some good flame work going on. Full burns. Yes. Full burns going on at that time. Uh, needy, levitating. That shot of her. Mm-hmm. Goddamn glorious. Breaking out of prison. Oh. Yeah. It's perfect, and it's stylized, and it fits the tone of the movie. So are we going to have Needy Demon Hunter? Pair it with uh, Jennifer, Jennifer Lopez. Jennifer Lopez. Demon Hunter. Fuck yeah. Damn. Damn, and we can still make that happen, you know. You know what? We Mila almost, Jovovich in there. We could almost have like uh, a, a horror X-Men because we already have, first of all, we got Jennifer Lopez going in and out of people's minds, okay? That works. Then we have uh, Amanda Seyfried with the strength of the demon, right? And right. also she's got that weird sex telepathy. <laughs> Is that a power? I a superpower? So. Unless, well, with great power comes great responsibility. Stop. Well, let's see who else we could have. We could have... Um, we could have uh, Drew Barrymore as Firestarter. So you, pirate. <laughs> you know that's actually getting remade. Oh, yeah? Is it going to be Chloe Grace Moretz or something? No, but... No, I think she's, I think she's technically aged out at this point. <laughs> but I could see that. I could see that. But I like that's where okay. your mind is going, my friend. Yeah. I'm totally down with that. No, I think we, we probably will never get a sequel to this, the follow-up to Needy, but... Again, I'm going to continue with... I don't think we need to. No, oh, no. The the demon's been vanquished. Yeah. Yeah, no. Standalone story. So, thanks for this recommendation of watching it. This was really good. good. Now, we are going to be closing... Oh, no. Any final thoughts there, Genius? I didn't even give you... Didn't mention that. Are you good? 
I'm like Chuck, Ninja Needy, and Happy also, Hendrickson. Also, I'm old, so all the music I didn't know, and the the Through the Trees song was very catchy. It stuck in my head throughout the entirety, but as soon as I was done, it went away. So again, I'm old. Yeah. I just don't, you know, it doesn't. The only one I remember is Hole. Yeah, Jennifer's Body. Uh huh. Well, and. The, Again, that's okay. We're old. We're not supposed to dig the music. It's supposed to be disposable for us. Or like these kids today and their rock and roll. Turn it down a little if you wouldn't mind. I, I'm going to turn this movie up the next time I watch it. Now, we are closing out next week with a first-timer from you. Mm-hmm. For, no, excuse me. A first-timer from you. A first-timer for me. Yes. I think. Uh, is that toast I smell? Oh, my God. Taste pennies. <laughs> but on, upon your recommendation. Yes. So we're closing it out here in school. So uh, what is it going to be? Have to tune in to find out. So until that time, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And we will see you in your dreams. Bye.